The Fibber, McGee, and Molly Show. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber, McGee, and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutton. We'll join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. Each day, every American lives a miracle. You find that miracle in your daily life, in the amazing fact that every worker is laboring to supply the needs of every other worker. As if by magic, you find your newspaper and milk on the doorstep in the morning. You find transportation and shops and services to meet every desire. And the miracle of all this is that none of it happens under compulsion. It all happens voluntarily. But that's part of another miracle, the miracle of the whole American economic system, the system that has created the most productive nation on earth. We enjoy the highest standard of living in all history, and we've only begun. We know that our standard of living will rise still higher, bringing us more benefits and leisure time as we produce more goods. And while we have made ourselves stronger economically, we have retained the basic freedoms of each individual. We work where we choose. We bargain collectively, contract our own affairs, and profit from our own inventiveness and enterprise. Yes, that's the American economic system. Since Mr. McGee of 79 Wistful Vista took over the renting of the house next door, he's been a pretty busy man. People have been dropping in and the phone keeps ringing, but the matter of finding the right kind of tenant is not as easy as he thought. He's on the phone right now. Yes, and besides that, there's a large fenced yard and a nice patio in the back, and we live right next door, so if anything goes wrong with your boiler or if the roof leaks again like it did before, I'm right here to stuff some rags in there until the storm blows over. And, uh, huh? Oh, 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 you wouldn't be interested. I see. Well, no harm trying. Goodbye. Who is that? Wrong number. Wrong number? Yeah. That guy's called four times this week asking for Eunice Petrosky. I thought while I had him on the phone, I'd tell him about the house. Oh, he'd make a fine neighbor. Mm-hmm. He could run over here every day to borrow a cup of sugar and Eunice Petrosky. Yeah. Well, he sounds like a nice guy, and we want to get the right kind of a tenant for Mr. Ingram. Yes, and as soon as possible, too. Yep. I wish you had rented it to that first couple who came by this morning. They were the nicest people we've seen so far. Sure. Well, what was the matter with them? They were the first ones to come. That's what was the matter with them. My gosh, kiddo, you never take the first deal that comes along. That'd be like walking into a used car lot and buying the first car they showed you. Be like marrying the first guy that asks you. That's what I did. Well, I might have been the first guy to ask you, but you made me ask you 17 times, though. <laughs> if that first couple comes back 17 times, I'll rent the house to them. I'm just screening all the applicants, that's all. Personally, I wish you'd throw away your screen and use a net. I'd like to see you catch one at this point. Don't worry, I'll find the right tenants before the day is over. And when I see them, I'll know. There'll be a certain look in their eyes that tells me they're quiet, honest, trustworthy, loyal, clean, and reverent. I don't know. How many Boy Scouts rent houses these days? Okay, okay, Molly. Scoff if you want to. D-ride. But by George, you'll see... Don't forget, I'm making a fat 20 bucks a month commission on this deal every month. And that is not hay. No, but you'll probably work like a horse to earn it. Uh, Here we go again. Now, you answer it this time, McGee. I have to get dinner started. Okay, okay. Ah, oh, there goes a good kid. Even though she didn't want me to take this deal, she's on my side. But if it don't turn out right, she'll be on my neck, so I'd better... Yes? How do you do, sir? 
Are you the people who have that house next door that's for rent? Well, I'm one of the people, yes. McGee is my name. Well, Hartford is mine. J.P. Hartford. Well, I'm glad to meet you, J.P. Uh, before I ask you, do you have any pets? Oh, no, sir. My wife can't stand too much excitement or noise. Good. Uh, she's out in the car. That Cadillac parked in your driveway. Oh, Cadillac, huh? Well, come in, come in, won't you? I'd better wipe my feet first. It's damp out. Hmm? Oh, oh, sure, sure. Hmm. You're pretty neat, aren't you? Well, I do hate to get things dirty. Yeah. Well, you just keep wiping and step in when you're through. I'll get my wife. Hey, Molly. Psst. What is it? I found him. The right tenants. You did? Listen how neat that guy is. See him wiping his feet at the door there? Oh, yeah. Well, it's just him and his wife. No pets. They drive a nice new Cadillac, and anybody who's as neat as he is... Well, hurry up. Come on, meet him. This looks like it. Come on. Oh, goodness. I hope so. Uh, Mr. Hartford, uh, th this is my wife, uh, Molly. How do you do? I'm sure. Well, I'm thoroughly charmed, Mrs. McGee. Now, about that house. As I understand it, the place has two bedrooms and a den, and... Uh, Oh, yes, I can see from here a nice enclosed yard. Yeah, we're asking 125 bucks a month, Mr. Hartford. 125 Well, hmm. it looks like a nice place. Uh, completely furnished? Everything but the groceries. There's been a lot of people begging us to let them have it, of course, but we've been waiting for the right people to come along, and you look to us like them. Yes, if you're interested in the place, Mr. Hartford, we'll be happy to let you have it. Oh, I'm delighted, Mrs. McGee. And Mrs. Hartford and I will do the best we can with it. Now, if you two will just sign this contract assuring me of my commission... Your we'll... commission? Wait a minute. Aren't you looking for a house to rent, to live in? Oh, no, sir. We're rental agents. Rental agents? What? Why? Certainly. Ordinarily, I don't fool with small deals like this, but the Cadillac isn't paid for yet, and I... You! Why, you? Hey, 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 now, wait, wait, wait a minute. Oh. Take your hands off me. It's not done. Oh, McGee, turn the man loose. McGee. And you get your dirty old Cadillac out of my driveway. Huh. Oh, the phony four-flushing trying to steal my commission. <laughs> Back to Wistful Vista in a minute. One of the most precious freedoms guaranteed to us by our Constitution and by our way of life is the freedom to worship as we please. Faith in God has always been a cornerstone in American democracy. And since our first beginnings, America's religious institutions have strengthened the fabric of our daily lives. Among other things, religious faith stabilizes the family and holds it together. Attendance at churches and synagogues builds the moral and spiritual character of our people and helps them to be tolerant, responsible citizens. Religious leaders have always been distinguished in the giving of personal guidance to those with pressing problems. In our armed services, chaplains of all faiths give comfort and moral armament to those who fight for freedom. Clearly, then, religion plays a great role in our way of life, a role that grows in importance each day in a world where moral and spiritual values are too easily exchanged for material and selfish values. We urge you, therefore, to attend church or synagogue with your families regularly and to support your community church during the current Religion in American Life campaign. Oh, dear, there it goes again. 79 Wistful Vista, Molly McGee speaking. Yes, we're the people who have that house for rent. Well, I'd rather you discuss all that with my husband. He's the one who takes care of that. It's me, kiddo. Oh, here he comes now. He was showing the house to a prospective tenant. Who is it? Did you rent the house yet, dearie? No, let me talk to them. You did? Then these people are too late. Well, I'm sorry, but the house is already rented. Better luck next time. Hey, what'd you hang up for? I told you I didn't have Some it. college students wanted to move in. Well, what's wrong with college students? Well, 30 of them. Oh, they wanted to turn the place into a fraternity house. Said this looked like a nice, quiet neighborhood for initiations. Oh. 
Oh, if it isn't one thing, it's another. You know that nice little man, the bachelor, who was just in here that I just showed the house to? He turned it down. What was the trouble? Was the house too big? No. Said the bathtub was too small. What? Mm -hmm. You know that pet he was talking about, the one that sits up and begs? Yes. Trained seal. Oh, dear. And you almost rented it to him. Yeah. You know, we could get ourselves into a terrible mess with Mr. Ingram's house, McGee. I wish you hadn't gotten into this thing. Why, what's wrong with picking myself up an easy 20 bucks every month just for letting a tenant trot over here and bring me the rent money when it's due? What tenant? We've had 18 people here so far, and... There'll be more. Incidentally, while I was over at Ingram's house this time, I checked that attic door just to make sure it was locked. It was. I know. How did you? I checked it myself this morning. Uh oh Just to be sure. We promised the man we wouldn't open it, and we won't. Where'd you hide that attic key? Come on, Molly. Come on, where? We're not going to go back on our word. We promise. Yeah, but gee whiz, Molly, we don't know too much about old man Ingram, you know. What if it turned out he had a trunk full of counterfeit money up there or something? Leave it there. With your luck, sweetheart, I can just see you standing in that attic with a trunk full of counterfeit greenbacks as the police come charging up the stairs, firing off their pistols and shouting, Ha-ha! We caught you green-handed. No, sir, we made a promise... Oh, hey, I'll bet that's Professor Schnabel. I'll let him in. Who? Professor Schnabel called about the house. He's a retired scientist, a zoologist. A what? A zoologist. You know, he studies zoos. He's taken a few months off to write a book, and I told him how Ingram's house is a kind of a temporary rental, so he was... You better let him in before he changes his mind. Yeah. Professor Schnabel? Yeah. Uh, I was beginning to think it was my bad memory again, and I had the wrong house. No, this is right. Come in, won't you? Well, if it is all right, I, I just like to see the house. I, I have an appointment in a half hour with Mr. Einstein. Albert Einstein? No, Irving Einstein, my barber. Oh, yeah. Well, certainly. We won't delay you. Now, here are the keys, McGee. Show the professor the house. Uh, certainly. After you, professor. Uh, thank you. You'll find that everything is just perfect for a book writer. Pencil sharpener in the den and... all. Oh. Hey, Molly. Hey, kiddo. Where are you? Here in the kitchen. Did the professor like the place? Like it? He's crazy about it. Oh, good. Oh, boy, what a break. A quiet little guy who just sits around writing a book all day. And a scientist, besides. Somebody I can have long intellectual chats with in the evening. Then he's going to take it? Oh, looks like it. He's just getting some kind of a bone out of his car, and he's coming right in. Some kind of a bone? Yeah, I couldn't make out what he was saying. You know how hard it is for them foreign guys to pick up the English idiomatics. It ain't easy language to master. No, no, it sure ain't. What the triple-deckered holy smoke is that? I don't know. He didn't hit a dog when he drove in the driveway, did he? I hope not. My gosh, does that sound awful. Maybe somebody... I hope the professor didn't hear it. He may change his mind if it's noisy here. Yeah. You know, that house is perfect. Wonderful. I, I take it. Ah, you hear that, Molly? We now have a scientist for our next-door neighbor. Professor, I and you will have lots of enervating conversations together. We'll work out... McGee. Huh? Remember that bone you mentioned that he was getting out of his car? What is that under his arm? A trombone. My gosh, that noise was him. Oh, folks, you don't need to worry about this. With me, the trombone is just a hobby. Yeah, but... No, I don't play it in the daytime. Just a few hours at night when everybody's asleep and I play it off, don't treat, like this. <laughs> oh, no. Heavenly days. Oh, this is discouraging.
Saber and Molly will be right back. More, more, more. Yes, there's more great new entertainment now on the NBC radio network with a host of exciting new programs introduced during the past month on this station. You'll hear many of these fine new shows when you keep tuned to this station during the weekend that's coming up. And you'll continue to hear such marvelous programs as the NBC Symphony Orchestra, which continues to thrill audiences from coast to coast in its live broadcasts from New York's Carnegie Hall. Throughout the week, you'll hear some of the finest radio entertainment on the air when you tune your dial to this NBC spot. More Americans enjoy One Man's Family, the news of the world, and Fibber McGee and Molly than any other five times a week program according to nationwide surveys. And that's just an indication of the great programming presented for your listening pleasure on your own local NBC station. When you turn on your radio receiver, always tune first to the spot where you hear the familiar NBC chimes, your invitation to the finest of all radio listening. Well, here comes another weekend. Yeah, but I'm not worried. We'll find the exact right kind of tenants for that house yet. Mm. <laughs> you watch and see. If I don't get that house rented over this weekend, you know what I'm going to do? What? Try again Monday. Oh. Yeah. Good night. <laughs> Good night, all. NBC has brought you the Fibber McGee and Molly program transcribed with Jack Crucian as Professor Schnabel. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again Monday night for another visit with Fibber McGee and Molly. Tomorrow, enjoy Bill Cullen and your road show on the NBC radio network.